another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. My name is Lou Gerlach from Think Chat, and I'm so glad you've decided to join us for confession number four, asking the right questions. Well, I'm sure by now you're thinking, I'm fired up about teaching this inquiry business. I've been doing it a while, or I'm just starting. It should be easy now, right? Mm, yes and no. The main part is that you are open-minded to inquiry. Yay, we're so excited about that. And this is the first major hurdle because now you're embracing inquiry as your why. And you've considered how to incorporate engaging, challenging, relevant, and significant into the learning and teaching that's happening in your classroom and into your planning process of your units and your lesson plans. But is this enough? I hate to tell you no. One of the greatest things people misunderstand about inquiry is they think, hey, if I throw in some more hands-on stuff, or I just hand them a pile of materials and let them figure it out with no objective, that's inquiry. And just because students play with materials does not guarantee they understand the objective of the lesson and can apply it to a new situation. And just like grown-ups, students need to be taught specific skills in order to master inquiry. And one of those foundational skills is asking good questions. Good questioning lays at the foundation of the inquiry process and must be explicitly taught. So, where do we start with this? Great question. I'm gl so glad you asked. But first, I want you to go back in time to 2014. I was part of a fifth grade team teaching in Dubai, and our PYP coordinator handed us a question stem grid. We had no reference of where it came from, but it piqued our interest. And my teammate at the time, Nathan Sadler, I just want to give out a shout out to Nathan. Great, great job on your new principalship. Woohoo, you're going to be brilliant. Well, Nathan, he, and let's go back to that. Nathan decided to take his, this question grid and color code it. And after some time, I realized that the way he color coded perfectly matched well with the different types of questions posed by Dr. H. Lynn Erickson in her work in concept-based curriculum and instruction. And recently I found the original source to the question stem grid in Kath Murdoch's book called The Power of Inquiry. The grid is called the Viterholds 1991 Question Matrix. And the main difference between these two, one, the two grids that I use versus um, Viterholds is I don't have such finite labels to limit the thinking, just color coding. This makes it much easier for the students and us teachers to use. So let's go over this color code now. If you want to see a copy of this, go over to um, the resources section and also in the podcast and blog uh, post section um, in our website at thinkchat2020.weebly.com. And this grid is in three sections. It, there's a blue section, predominantly yellow section, and a green section. And just to go over, the blue section is the first quadrant. It represents low-level questions that lead to a factual response. And all of these questions can be easily answered on Google. 
Do we need factual questions? Absolutely, because they lay the foundation of our learning in it, but it must not stop there. So here's some examples of factual questions. What is force in motion? Where did the Spanish establish their missions in the United States? When did Christopher Columbus discover America? Who was Steve Jobs? As you can see, instantly you know where you can go, Google, to get the answers and it's gonna come up rather quickly. Now the yellow section, which is, um, it's actually two of the quadrants, they are advanced level questions that lead to a conceptual response. These questions make us think and wonder and the answers can be varied based on the evidence that you provide. This requires students to justify their responses based on their prior experiences, which connects to relevance, and things they've discovered in the world, which connects to significance. And some examples of uh, conceptual questions are, who might benefit from child labor? What would happen if everyone had a good paying job? Where might we find the happiest people on earth? When will humans stop polluting the earth? As you can see, these are deeper questions that it largely depends on the evidence you provide to support it. Now the final quadrant, which I think is the, it's not necessarily the highest level thinking, but it definitely pokes your thinking. And these are the green section. Um, these are advanced questions that lead to a debatable response, kind of like a debate. You can pick a side and choose to defend it. These require a learner to weigh the evidence of a situation and provide a solution. This requires a deeper sense of self and understanding of a large range of ideas. So do we use a lot of these questions? Probably not, maybe two or three in a unit. Here we go. Some examples of debatable questions. Why would someone want to join a peaceful protest? Why will some people go to college and others not? Why might geographical location determine our opportunities? How would you feel if you were ju judged solely on, by the color of your skin? How will my choices affect others? How might our childhood experiences determine our adult choices? I don't know about you, but these questions blow my mind. And some of them, I don't know how I'd answer them adequately for students. But this is why they're debatable. There's so many possibilities of where you could go. Quite controversial, but we need to expose our students to these types of questions because these are the questions that are at the heart of their wonderings, their experiences. And if we don't ask them, then we shut out so many things that they don't know about the world and they're gonna find the answers in places that we don't want them to find them. So the types of questions we ask can trigger inquiry or silence it. What questions are you not asking because of fear and security? Because these are the questions you need to ask the most. Our students are exposed to countless bits of information each day. Our role is helping them to decipher the meaning of the information and use it in new situations. This cannot happen to the highest level if we don't ask a variety of questions.
And now let's apply this to our current unit of study in the PYP. We call this a unit of inquiry. Go to our website and download the free question grid, thinkchat2020.weebly.com. From the lens of your unit ideas and your standards, try to fill out our question grid in our Confession 3-6 to six Supplemental Materials document. In the beginning, you might think, ah, this is too much for my in inquiry in my unit. I get that. I felt the same in the beginning. For me, it was the process of getting comfortable using and asking questions. Once I found some familiarity with the grid, I stopped pre-populating questions for my units and I printed up a copy of the color-coded grid in my room to act as a prompt, as a guide for me. And when I created questions during a mini, mini lesson, I would ask students to help me to co-create questions so then they could replicate the process. But this takes time. This takes you being comfortable with asking different leveled questions. Now, if you need some help, no worries, we're here for you. You can find the support materials, like I mentioned, at thinkchat2020.weebly.com. You can find a whole slew of resources for all of our podcasts, as well as you can join our five-day inquiry challenge that's coming up. Go into Facebook, type in um, the number, um, sorry, not the number, the word five um, day challenge, inquiry challenge. I wish I could speak, but five day inquiry challenge and you will find the invitation for the group. Join us. We want to help you and stretch you and we'll be doing other activities besides what's found in the guides and in this podcast to help you stretch and grow. So we're so grateful that you were here. See you in the next episode and remember to hold on to that passion.